Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everyone is well. And for this week's episode, I was lucky enough to be joined by Johanna Wunderlich, of Insanto Studios. Now, she and her team are working on A Trail of Ooze, which is on Kickstarter right now. And in this game, you play as a sarcastic cow. Uh, now, genetically engineered chemicals which have been spread across the farm have uh, made it mutate and gain human-like consciousness. And the farmer who witnessed it all is kidnapped. Now, you have to go and search for the kidnapped farmer and battle social injustices, and you come face-to-face with environmental disaster as well. Now, in this interview, Johanna spoke about this game. She spoke about how she met up with the other members of the team, uh, what we can expect in the game, some of the characters, and some of the development, and just anything you want to know about the game itself. She also spoke about the Kickstarter, what you can expect in the Kickstarter, and some possible future plans as well. So... Without further ado, here is my interview with Johanna. Uh, so please enjoy. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. I am delighted to be joined by Johanna Wunderlich of Insanto Studios. Uh, hello, Johanna. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, th- thank you. I'm delighted uh, that you could join us. Now, um, I, I may sound a bit robotic because I was trying to get your name right. Did I get your name more or less right? Yes, yes. Okay. close enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Uh, because I've been known with my pronunciation, um, not especially, you know, well, with English, uh, but uh, with other languages as well, it's been known to be terrible. So apologies in advance. <laughs> Um, but thank you for joining me. So we're here to talk about your new game, A Trail of Ooze, which is at the time recording and at the time this episode goes out, still on Kickstarter. It's doing quite well and seems to have got a lot of traction, but hopefully now more people can hear about this really, really good looking uh, game. So uh, before we start talking about your game and about the Kickstarter, I was wondering if you could uh, introduce yourself maybe and say what are some of your favorite adventure games? Yes, absolutely. I'm Johanna. I'm co-founder of Insanto Studios. And uh, yeah, together with, with Clara, I do anything that does not require art or music skills. So like story writing, dialogues, um, development in Unity and like business, business stuff like marketing. Um, yeah, and my favorite, favorite point and click is Deponia. So, oh, interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm from Germany, so I'm a bit biased there, maybe, but since it's a German developer. Yeah, from again, I might, I, might, I may have been pronouncing the name of the developers uh, wrong. How, how do you pronounce the name of those of the developers? Uh, Didalic. Might be wrong as well. Yeah, Didalic. Oh, okay, Didalic. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, and wh- why the pony out of there? Because they have quite, a, they've made quite a lot of games. Uh, what is it about the pony that you really like? Yeah, uh, definitely the humor. Humor, I laughed a lot when I played it, so I really enjoyed it. I also like the level of difficulty. Um, like you get stuck from time to time, but it's not. Mm. 
it's all logical and it's a nice um, story development and I like how the scenes are designed um, last week actually I heard someone who, who tried out our demo and he was like ah this reminds me of Deponia and I was like <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> yeah I've been delighted to I mean the game does look really good and I can see now uh, why because Deponia looks really good yeah, I mean, so, I think there are some, like, also in terms of, like, the interface, but, of course, each one of us from the development team kind of put in their own um, in inspiration from their own favorite point-and-click games. Um, so, for example, Clara, um, she loves Day of the Tentacle. And if you've played the demo, you might have seen a reference to that. And then Maria, who does the art, she loves Broken Sword and... Yeah, I think that like style of a mix of comic, but um, also still kind of realistic and a lot of details. Uh, yeah, so we all kind of brought something to the table there. Yeah, I suppose with uh, favorite games at the Pony and Dave the Tentacle and Broken Sword, now they're very different games, but I suppose yeah. visually, I suppose they have, and again, they look different as well, but I can kind of see from looking at your game as well that kind of a bit of a, a mixture of those games. It's very unique as well. But yeah, I, I can kind of see that actually, that you've brought that, you know, it seems to be, you know, 2D kind of cartoony, kind of realistic looking games as well. Um, that That is like, um, so, and then you mentioned as well, other people as well. Uh, so who who is in your team? So uh, Clara is one of the co-founders as well, is she? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Clara is from Sweden um, and we founded the company together. And then, yeah, there's Maria from, from Northern Ireland or well, originally she's from Germany, uh, but lives in Northern Ireland. And um, yeah, she does all the wonderful art. And then there's Marcus, our musician. He's also from Sweden and he works together with Clara. They are both um, IT consultants. So actually all of us are doing this as a project in our spare time um, during our normal day jobs. Wow, now that, again, I, I'm always impressed when I hear that because uh, I mean, in my case, my day job as a disability is very, very busy. I'm sure you're all the same. So I'm always really impressed when I hear that you know, people like yourselves have the time to be able to do this together in different countries as well and make a game that looks as good and professional as this game in your spare time, which is incredible. Um, so and how, how did you guys meet then? How did you meet uh, Clara and found a studio? Um, yeah, Clara and I met about three years ago while I was doing my semester abroad in Sweden uh, during my bachelor's. Um, yeah, it was like my first week and at that time I was already, I knew that I was interested in game development, but up to then I'd basically just gotten a book from the library about Unity and never opened it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, during the first week someone um, introduced The Great Journey to me, which is a game development community. And yeah, there I met Clara. And it was a basically like a women in games, so women and non-binary only group, which I thought was felt like a kind of a safe environment as a mm. someone coming without any game development background. It was a bit nice to ease into it. Um, and she introduced that idea about a cow and ooze, <laughs> and said that she wanted to do it as a point and click and. 
I thought that was uh, brilliant. So I immediately joined. And yeah, since then, so yeah, three years ago, that's when it started. And since then, we've um, been working on that. And of course, in the beginning, um, since we started at zero, it was a lot of learning how, how Unity works. And we're working with Adventure Creator, um, which is an add-on. Um, and then, yeah, developing the story and writing dialogues and just growing together as a team. And then Maria joined in uh, March 2020, I think. Um, Interesting that's kind of, time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, I think she found us through one of our posts on, on Facebook, I think, or in one of the forums and just was interested. And we were just happened to be looking for an artist. <laughs> so um, yeah, she started uh, drawing and we loved it. So it all came together really nicely. Um, and yeah, since I went back to Germany after my semester abroad, uh, we started working digitally. So it was easy for her to join. Um, and that's actually also why I have not met Maria or Marcus in person, even though we've been working together for so long now, which is a bit uh, funny, but um, yeah, yeah. it was never an issue. It, it's funny how that happened. I, I think there's quite a lot of people now in the last what, 20 months who, are, who have been like that, people who join companies, but still haven't, even in the same country, <laughs> still haven't met a lot of their colleagues. Yeah. I mean, maybe now more so, but starting at the beginning, um, you know, because of COVID, we couldn't travel uh, abroad. Um, but you, it seems like you were already working kind of like online anyway. So it seems like uh, this hasn't, you know, COVID, ha ha has COVID really changed how you work or were you working the same pretty much anyway? Yeah, no, it hasn't, hasn't changed <laughs> at all. I mean, I think we actually had a bit more time for, for the game because of it, because we saved on like travel time to our actual jobs. <laughs> mm. um but otherwise i mean i think it's of course it's hard when you're isolated and i think you lose a bit of the creative input from the outside world if you don't leave your house but other than that it hasn't um you know, like influenced our workflow that much luckily yeah i i i know what you mean because uh, i've heard it from other people as well that have told me that they've had more time now to work on their games because of covid um you know which is i mean covid is obviously horrible but you know if there are any kind of good things then that's you know one of them although i admit it i prefer not to have mm -hmm. covid obviously yeah of course of course um, um and uh then before we talk about the game as well um you said that you're in i think it's in charge of marketing or you marketing uh for the game so uh now i imagine you haven't been able to go to well, there haven't been any conferences i don't think um you know the adventure x hasn't been on in the last couple of years and other other events as well i think maybe now they might be beginning but how did you find just being able to market digitally compared to maybe pre-COVID when we might have been able to travel more and that, um, do you think maybe it helped uh, maybe to have more time to market or, or how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it makes it easier since we don't really have a lot of travel budget or time to, to also enter conferences start our, um, yeah, in other countries. Uh, but of course, it's always, yeah, meeting in person, sharing about the game in person, the enthusiasm, enthusiasm transfer is a bit better face to face. Um, 
So, I mean, in terms of conferences, I think it's it's more successful if it's in person, but yeah, otherwise marketing, social media is, yeah, the same uh, mm. during COVID, of course, uh, so that we've been using that a lot, trying to uh, show how we are creating the game behind the scenes uh, stuff and taking people along with us. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, certainly from what I've seen of your social media and Kickstarter, uh, it, I, I, I think you're doing a pretty good job. I mean, I am not an expert on market by any means, but as we mentioned, your Kickstarter is doing very well. You have, it seems like a lot of engagement. So you have people, you know, commenting and you have, I see people engaging with you all the time. So um, it's, it seems to be going well, at least so far. <laughs> um, so you're doing something right anyway. Before we talk about the Kickstarter itself, maybe we should probably start talking about the game itself, A, tra a Trail of Ooze. And um, so, uh, yeah, you talked about how Clara came up with the idea. So what, what is the story of the game? What's the setup of this game then? Mm -hmm. um, you play as... Myrus, a sarcastic cow uh, who lives on a small farm in the middle of the Swedish forests. Uh, she's oblivious to the struggles of the outside world until genetically engineered chemicals spread across the farm. And yeah, all animals and plants mutate and gain human-like consciousness. And the farmer who witnessed it all is kidnapped by agents from the evil agrochemical corporation. So Myros, together with her sidekick Hilma the Hen, set out on a rescue mission following a trail of the chemical ooze. And yeah, on her adventure, Myros unravels conspiracies, battles uh, social injustices, and comes face to face with environmental disaster. That's basically the story mm. in a nutshell. Look. So it comes face-to-face uh, -face with environmental disaster. So you could say that the stakes are high. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to mention any more cow <laughs> jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's always tempting to it's get like, cow puns in. <laughs> I, I, I could do it the whole interview with uh, cow jokes, but I'm sure it would be very amusing. I'll stop. I'll stop. Um, <laughs> um, but it sounds very interesting because I know that lately there are a lot of adventure games where you play as animals that are anthropomorphic, you know, mainly detective games where you play as a cat, uh, as dogs, there's chicken police, there's mm. uh, a game coming at Lord Winklebottom where you play as a giraffe. But I think as far as I know, this is the first time that we play as a cow. <laughs> yeah. um, and I also think it's, it's funny how the cow is going to save the farmer when you might be thinking uh, if the cow had a choice, would they really? But it's, uh, it's good to see that the cow is, uh, seems to be, seems to be nice. Um, so yeah, they have a good relationship. <laughs> okay, so that, that, that's good. So, and obviously there's some, you know, seem to be big teams in here as well. Um, now you mentioned that Clara came up with the idea. So how has the idea evolved uh, or has it evolved over time the last three years? Um, you know, have the two of you been working and just so have there been any changes to the story uh, since you've uh, started uh, the company? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, the story for the full game is still, we're still iterating over it. And especially now that we've been working on the campaign so much and finishing the demo and last bugs before that, I think once we start development again, I think we'll want to revise some things again in terms of the full story but um yeah i mean originally the game was actually it was called kawabanga 
That was the oh. first working <laughs> title. So very different. Uh, but we moved away from that. Um, then in between it was called Insanto, like our studios now. Um, and that's also kind of what the original idea came from. Um, Insanto, it's a the word play on Monsanto. I'm not oh. sure if you know the, the company. Um, I think I've heard of them, but I, I, I'm going to admit I don't know much about them. But what, who exactly uh, were yeah, Monsanto? It's uh, basically um, an agrochemical corporation. Um, and I think on Wikipedia, it said something like they're like the example of an evil corporation. <laughs> at least it's, it's a bit one sided, of course. Um, but uh, Clara watched the documentary on Monsanto. And that's kind of what the original idea came from, like animals being affected by, by GMOs or like by um, genetically mo modified organisms. And so what if they came to life, basically? Um, and that's kind of what it originated from. Um, but then we changed the name to Trailer Foods because it was a bit too risky uh, to be sued. <laughs> and also, also the story just kind of developed beyond uh, just being a reference to that one company. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what it started with. And along the way, I think like the my favorite character, actually the, the Conspiracy Goose um, joined during our process it was just um one of our artists um not maria but one a prior artist she just sketched that character because um yeah we were looking for like other farm animals and she just drew the goose with um the tinfoil hat and then from that sketch we kind of started to work the character around it so, yeah <laughs> No, it, it, interesting, and because uh, I think it is interesting to think, okay, how what would the point of view of you know a cow be in this instance, and especially with agrochemical yeah. companies, um, and and especially um, you know with climate change, and I know at the time of recording we have this COP I think twenty six conference in Glasgow, and I just read an article that said why is nobody mentioning the farm animals <laughs> and cows in particular who are causing um, uh, you know who are causing disruption to the climate uh so i'd want to know the cow's opinion on that <laughs> why are we blaming the cows um but what um i suppose what uh, other characters um have you come up with in the game so do we get to meet uh you know a whole farmyard uh and, and did you guys you know does, do any of you come from a farm or have did you visit the farm or anything to see <laughs> um all, all the animals and you know their personalities and <laughs> um Again, we're spoiling anything. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of thinking what what can I reveal? But um, yeah, I mean there are definitely more more farm animals that you can meet. Um, like there's a the neighbor's farm that actually has more cows. Um, yeah, I mean I also have to say it's really fun to learn more about cows because they're so underrated actually and mm. super super interesting how well. They, you always think when you think of cows that they must be a bit dumb, but um, yeah, they actually have a certain emotional intelligence. So that's kind of interesting. And then taking that perspective of that animal that everyone knows, but nobody is super interested in usually. Um, that has been really nice. But other characters, um, well, I can tell you there's definitely going to be a whale-sized pike in the oh. lake. <laughs> Okay. 
<laughs> not necessarily a farm animal, but you will meet her. Um, then there's uh, an oak tree. So that's also been nice to, to also have plants as, as characters um, because it gives you a lot of creative uh, freedom. Um, and the greenhouse, of course. So you can probably think of some greenhouse, um, typical greenhouse plants, and you will meet them. Okay, so um, it seems to be like yeah. a different <laughs> variety of characters we don't get to meet in other adventure games. Uh, yeah, certainly, yeah. Cer certainly very, very unique, because as I mentioned before. Um, and at the same time, very like normal. Yes. Uh, yeah, which is kind of <laughs> nice as well. Yeah, no, I think it is because you mentioned as well that, you know, cows are actually intelligent. I have, my family have hens at home. And before we got hens, I always thought the same, that they're kind of like dumb animals, but mm -hmm. they have personalities. Yeah, and, it's so fascinating. <laughs> and I'm sure it's the same, you know, with sheep and cows as well. And it's really interesting. And, you know, when you go and if you just sit down and you just kind of observe them, and okay just for many people might sound i don't know boring like why do you want to look at chickens or cows but <laughs> you can get to see that there are personalities that there are others you know who are um you know more i don't know not afraid of you others who run away more quickly and you know and even like they kind of bully each other at times which um and and yeah so but in this case um do, do we get to learn more about the cows or did you take what you learned about these animals and put them into game or did you come up with your own uh, personalities for the animals? Uh, I think most of the personalities are made up but sometimes we'll uh, like reference something from from real life um, like I didn't know before that cows most most cow or like cows cannot walk downstairs. <laughs> oh really oh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's different for cows that are walking on two legs, so we'll have to think about that, but, um, <laughs> you know, like interesting uh, real world facts, we might integrate them, but most of the characters are made up or like more because it's human-like. Um, for example, Mayos, she's a bit uh, sarcastic, but she's sometimes also very judgmental when you do stuff, she will be very opinionated about what you're doing and about Mazurka and um, yeah I think at least like in our own lives we've noticed that sometimes we uh, judge stuff too fast or we'll um, catch ourselves thinking in stereotypes and things mm -hmm. like that that we've noticed on like from our own uh, character traits or just around us and we kind of throwing that onto the animals that would probably usually not be judgmental um, by themselves. <laughs> yeah, no, no, interesting. You know, to mention the idea that there is a sarcastic cow and judgmental. Um, did you use any influences from other games? I mean, I know with uh, Broken Sword and Deponia, the characters could be sarcastic as well. So did you use any inspirations from any of those games? in terms or, of character design or um, did you come up with these characters yourselves yeah i mean maybe like subconsciously you never know mm. what you actually integrated but um not intentionally okay so you weren't trying to uh you know have references maybe to the pony's character or 
No, no, it was more to really real life or what we thought we could integrate. But um, I mean, I've been thinking that it would be super fun to integrate like a maybe a distant uh, cousin from like Lord Winklebottom. Um, yes. Have like that... a portrait somewhere on a wall or something. And... I, I have been trying to get this to happen, you know, like Animal Avengers. <laughs> I know. And... I mean, it's so obvious that we should do that. <laughs> I, and I spoke with some of the developers like, you know, Jan for um, Inspector Waffles and, um, you know, and they, they said that they're, they're friends, you know, like he's friends with developers of Chicken Police and developer Lord Winklebottom. And I'm like, yeah, totally. I would definitely be, you know, be up for it with these Animal Avengers for some time. But <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, I always, uh, I mean, the, the whole indie uh, point and click or adventure games scene like developer scene is so nice mm, no, <laughs> the definitely. support is so great and yeah so I, I would always be up for that it's yeah we just um value each other's projects basically by doing that yeah yeah no that's what what surprised me the most when i first started podcast and i first started really using twitter because i was kind of not afraid, but thinking, oh, from what I've heard of, you know, Twitter, it's just like hate and negativity. But when I started going into the indie adventure game scene, I'm like, everyone is so nice and yeah. supportive of one another. It, this isn't what I heard about Twitter. This is what Twitter is supposed to be. But no, it's <laughs> and then I met them, you know, Adventure X and I went to America and Canada and everyone is really nice and supportive. So, yeah, and, uh, I'm sure in other genres as well. Um, but then before we start talking about, you know, the Kickstarter as well, um, in, in your synopsis of the game, you mentioned that the, the, the cow, you know, or the game will be about social injustices and environmental disaster. Um, so how much of this, so I, I take it, uh, would you be mentioning climate change in the game? And if so, maybe... As well, did you think about how much to use? Because I don't know, maybe it's a comedy game, but you want to include, you know, real serious issues in the game. So how did you go about that? Yeah, yeah, that's quite the tricky line to walk, I think, um, mm. because of course, like first of all, it's, the game is supposed to be entertaining. So I think mm. most of the references will be quite subtle. Maybe not all of them, but um, yeah, so subtle references to to um, climate change or also gender equality. I mean, you, if you've played the demo, maybe you saw it a bit with the rooster, like switching switching up the roles that the rooster is taking care of the the chicks, um, baby chickens, uh, things like that, and then kind of playing like, okay, what? how does that like change uh, the animal world or like um, just kind of to not point any fingers anywhere but to and to show that things are not black and white like there's no um, even in the game although we talk like about the evil agrochemical corporation I think when you play the final game you will see that we've been really trying to not um, just yeah make it black and white but even even the evil um, agrochemical corporation probably has some reasons why they're doing what they're doing um so yeah i'd say subtle <laughs> references a lot of humor um but yeah it's the way i see it um, sometimes we play games to escape reality 
but then when you end the game you kind of have to come back anyway <laughs> so yeah. the way we wanted to do it is kind of integrate those topics and issues that confront us in our everyday lives and put them into the game throw humor at it and still maybe provoke thinking a bit but not in a like pushy way that makes people feel bad about themselves right yeah i, th I think that a game like this could you know be really useful because you, you know you mentioned we play games to escape or that but i think it can be both as well we can play this game to escape and for enjoyment but also learn about you know these issues or these things that affect all of us like you know climate change and social injustices mm. uh you know like gender equality as well but and i think in it's in a game like this you can do so but as you mentioned without being you know quote unquote pushy Mm. um so yeah i think with fire animals i think it could be great you know with the rooster <laughs> and i think it's both both funny and kind of makes you think like oh yeah maybe you know that this rooster has a point and maybe in my <laughs> real life so i think it, this game could could help in that way and it kind of reminds me as well i haven't played it but i don't know if you played from the dalek as well a new beginning uh the, i think the game about the environment and about climate change is reached back in 2009 now, I think that was more serious, mm -hmm. um, but that's, uh, you know, what this game kind of reminds me about, although I haven't played that game, so um, <laughs> I, I don't know. But yeah, no, I think it's, it's definitely good that you do mention these issues. And also, sure, it'd be very easy to paint something black and white, like this evil agrochemical corporation. Yeah, they're the bad guys, but uh, I think it's impressive that you're trying to, you know, kind of make them more, you know, three-dimensional as well. Um but and then um, I wanted to ask as well about the gameplay and about the puzzles because the game looks, um, you know, it looks very, you know, cartoon looks very nice. Uh, so what about uh, the puzzles? You know, are they? Would you say that they would be kind of zany, maybe like the LucasArts or anything, or do you try to go more logical in the game, or um, you know, how will the puzzles be then in the game? Yeah, I think we we'll try to do a mix of different puzzles like at the moment in the demo it's more uh, logic comb combining items dialogue puzzles basically um but we have also been thinking about including some mini games not a, not a ton of them but some um into the full game for example um and kind of mixing it up a bit so it doesn't get too repetitive um but also yeah i think that like the level of of difficulty is always a bit tricky to get because you want to make it interesting for the yeah true like drama experts but also um make it fun to play for people who've not played as many adventure games um so yeah we'll, we'll try to walk like a, in the middle and then through like for example hotspot highlighters or um also thinking about a, a quest log um and through that kind of where you can yeah see where you're at and like the story and what's the next objective you have to solve so not necessarily a hint system but like a quest log um and through that kind of that we don't have to take away too much difficulty but 
leave it up to the player if he or she wants to use those tools or not. Yeah, I think that's a good approach uh, because uh, it, I'm guessing it's very, very difficult to um, appeal to different kinds of adventure game players because you always have, you know, well, one extreme to the other people who want really, really difficult puzzles like they had back in the 90s and 80s, who don't want any help whatsoever. And then other people who, if they stuck, they kind of like leave the game as well. I'm sure you don't mm -hmm. want that either. Um, and, and yeah, again, just, I, I think, um, you know, what I, I've mentioned as well, uh, optional hint system or quest log or hotspot highlighters, um, I think could be the way to go as long as they're optional, um, that people, we can choose yeah. whether to use them or not. Um, so, and then I see that, uh, you mentioned as well, that there's a simple one click interface. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, basically that you can, uh, navigate either with left or right click. Um, so you can pretty much do everything with the mouse, okay. uh, but, but there's no, like, uh, like they used to be, um, day of the tentacle, for example, or like in older games, um, where you had to like click on every interaction. Um, so we don't have that. We have the left or right click. Okay. Uh, no, I, I always like it, you know, not to fight with the interface. So that sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like that too, personally. It's, uh, you know, when you start a game and then you're like, oh, you have to do, you know, this left click here, right click here. And I'm like, okay, I'm already fighting with the interface. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so that sounds good then. And um, so we mentioned as well, this game is uh, currently on Kickstarter. And I don't know if I, usually I speak to people who are about to do a Kickstarter or who are thinking of doing a Kickstarter or who've done a Kickstarter. I don't know if I've ever spoken to someone during a Kickstarter. So um, <laughs> what, what, what is it? Like, first of all, how, how did you guys decide to come up with the Kickstarter um, idea then? And uh, how did you plan it then? Because what I've been told is that Kickstarter can be difficult. There's a lot of planning involved. And it's like a full-time job by itself. So mm. um, how did you guys come up with the idea and plan the Kickstarter? First of all, then, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, huh, I mean, it was a while ago that we came up with the idea. Um, but I think what, it was, I mean, was a lot of point of clicks are, Sorry, yeah. are, are on Kickstarter. Um, so we probably got the idea from, from another point of click. And then we started to think, um, if it makes sense for us, because of course it's a ton of work. Um, so from a financial perspective, if you just yeah look at the um, money that you get, it doesn't really make that much sense <laughs> on first sight. Um, but especially as a first-time developer, you don't have anything to show, and even if you uh, release a demo, then yeah, it's still hard to, to get any traction. Um, and especially if you want to talk to investors or publishers or get grants or whatever, um, yeah, you have to kind of show that there are people interested in your game. So that's kind of why we, we started thinking about Kickstarter. Or that's one of the reasons to be able to show that there really is, uh, yeah, show to publishers, but also to ourselves actually, that there really is an interest in that game. And then, of course, the other point was that this really ties us closer to our community because we've also been trying to do that um, 
before doing the development of the demo um, to ask for feedback on certain things to get people involved in the development like for example when we had to pick uh, which version of the greenhouse to use or we have done like a community co comic where people could decide on the story for the comic so things like that um, we thought kickstarter could like tie us even closer together because this interaction has been so so valuable for us um, so that's kind of why we got mm. the idea and then uh, yeah of course the planning um, i think we started researching probably at the beginning of this year i think or like on and off before that even uh, just looking at at other campaigns and uh, yeah how were they doing it how they, were they promoting it um, what kind of brainstorming for rewards what could we do and there it was pretty important to us to yeah be sustainable about the physical rewards especially um, so we've been trying to work with a lot of local companies small businesses and um, yeah working with sustainable materials um yeah that's, no, I yeah just thought of now that uh you know it's, uh, that you work with sustainable materials and environmental friendly factories so um i'm guessing you're not working with the agrochemical factories <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no i mean i i've never done a kickstarter but i've seen so many that you know no matter what happens at you know at, at the end i mean i really hope you guys make it but even, you know, I see even some really good campaigns don't make it. But, as you know, at, at times you can kind of tell, okay, this campaign, they're not really doing great to have, you know, feels like they haven't put enough effort, you know, work into it that I get the feeling that some, I think maybe not now, but certainly before that some people just thought, oh, I'm just going to do a Kickstarter and then let people come to me with the money and then they don't put the work in. But um, do, do you have any advice yourself from anything that you've learned or anything that you're doing now? Uh, during the Kickstarter for anybody else, any other developers who might be considering Kickstarter? Um, do you have any particular advice uh, to, to anyone? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's definitely a lot about marketing. Um, it doesn't really matter that much if, how great your demo is, but yeah, you need to uh, basically create a press list before and a list of streamers that might be interested and maybe also other um, developers so people that you can reach out to to promote your game from the start and that yeah takes a lot of time and yeah then what we've been trying to do to make the uh, page um, as appealing as possible and also very transparent about how yeah what we're going to do with with the money basically um so yeah a good looking page then i think a, a personal kickstarter video is always mm. good like where you can actually see the developers um yes that's all, one thing yeah. about your video which i liked that we can get to see the people behind the game as well yeah yeah i think that's important i mean it was it was super uncomfortable for all of us <laughs> but because we're all i think we all have that in common we are introverts so sitting in front of a camera uh, was a bit awkward but i mean it turned out great and I, yeah 
was never a question if we should do it or not. So, yeah, no, um... I think it certainly, certainly helped. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, well, look, as I said, it's uh, at time recording, it's still going, but it's it's doing pretty well. So I think whatever whatever you're doing, um, you're it seems to be working now. Um, I also see because what one thing and another thing that I see with other Kickstarters is a lot of times developers or people doing the Kickstarter they don't give updates they just leave it there but you guys are giving updates you are engaging with the fans as well so um you know i would say that's probably important from what i can see mm-hmm. um and then when do you expect the okay, case so all going well and you meet your goal now you have stretch goals as well which i see which i hope you guys can make some of them as well um all, all going well so you're funded then how uh how long do you expect to take to make the game when do you expect the game to be released then or do you have any date um at, at the moment mm-hmm. uh at the moment the the release is planned for end of 2023 so it's still a bit uh away um but of course we wanted to be uh, as realistic as we can because it always everything takes longer than than expected and yeah we want to avoid to uh, have to push it uh, in the end um, because of course with kickstarter you never quite have that um reliability that really will be made so we want it to be really realistic here um yeah so that's our date Okay, yeah, I think again that's a good idea because other people say, "Oh, this will be done in six months," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everything seems to take longer than uh, necessary or than we think as well. Um, so uh, yeah, that's everything you know about the game and about the Kickstarter. Um, and yeah, so you have? Do you have? I don't know what you what you can say to Mo. We probably shouldn't ask more. Like, do you have any plans for hiring more people in the team or anything? Uh, or do you know at the moment? Does it depend on the Kickstarter? Um, so. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, thought about it. Yeah, of course, it depends on, on the Kickstarter or additional funding. Um, like we've considered, for example, hiring someone for the animations um, because at the moment, like some things are done with frame by frame, like for example, the flag animation that we have for the Swedish flag of the farmer's house. Uh, but then most like the walking cycle, talking animations are done with spine. So Clara and I are doing that with skeletal animations. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, we're not professionals and that could probably be something that we've been thinking about, for example, but I mean, we have all of the abilities in the team at the moment. So, mm. yeah, it's really, we could do it just the four of us, or we could get more help. It really depends a bit how it goes now. <laughs> yeah, well, look, as I said, it's going well so far from what I can see. So I really hope that uh, you guys can can make the, the goal and some stretch goals, hopefully, as well. Um, uh, I think that's all the questions that I have about it. Can't think of anything else. Uh, I mean, before we finish, um, I would include these links in the show notes as well. The people obviously of the Kickstarter and that, but where can people find uh, you guys and more about uh, you guys if they want to know more about the game? Uh, absolutely. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, we are in Santo Studios. So that's where we post everything about our game. 
um, yeah, that's probably the best address. But we also have a Discord channel. Um, but at the moment, we're mainly using that for demo feedback. So if you play the demo and want to talk to us about it, you can, yeah, uh, enter our Discord channel. Cool. Um, and yeah, and otherwise, I mean, the Kickstarter page itself is probably the best pitch of the game and who we are, what we do. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's Maria has put a ton of work into like the individual art. Um, we probably should have stopped her, but it looks so great now. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it looks yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I think that. You know, it's hard to describe on a podcast, but, you know, 2D kind of, as you mentioned, you know, kind of like the pony kind of, but I think the best thing is for people to click on the links in the show notes and just yeah, to see for themselves. Um, because, and also it's a very unique game, you know, what other game can you play as a cow? <laughs> um, going, and it's, you know, it's a good message as well. It seems to be, and it's, you know, f funny as well, comedy, but with some serious issues as well um so yeah no i think that's all the questions that i have uh is there anything else that you would like to mention to people listening or do you think we've covered everything <laughs> i um, i think we have covered everything but yeah uh twitter instagram kickstarter steam as well i've heard yeah we are on steam so the demos on steam and on itch uh we have translations like we have of course the voice acting in english and then we have translations um, of the subtitles of the demo in uh, german simplified chinese uh, spanish and french so wow that's you've, done your, <laughs> you've done your preparation anyway I can uh, see we've for... <laughs> uh, tried <laughs> and uh yeah i forgot yeah. to say that there's voice acting in it and i see as well you win an award the winner of the great summer pitch 2020 oh yeah that was that was um how we came to to found found the company actually we won we won a pitch competition and that got us a little bit of money to found the company and to make a huge leap with the demo wow <laughs> probably mentioned that earlier <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah. don't worry <laughs> that was last summer yeah right before you we started the company oh, well hopefully there'll be more awards to come <laughs> So, would be nice. oh. well well yeah so as we mentioned uh, people you can check out uh I'll include links to the steam page the kickstarter page and to your social media to your twitter as well so people can check out the kickstarter and you can back it if you so wish and as i said i really hope you guys make it this game looks really really good the art is amazing and um and the story looks good as well looks very unique uh as well so um yeah i think uh well before i repeat myself i think we'll leave it there um thank you so much johanna for speaking to me it's been an absolute pleasure and i hope that one of these days we can meet maybe some conference or other once they start going again and uh, meet the team then and maybe i'll give maria a call in northern ireland just up the road <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely well thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure Thank you. Uh, so take care then, Johanna. Bye. So that was my interview with Johanna Wunderlich. Uh, hope you enjoyed that interview. And a huge, huge thank you to Johanna for agreeing to speak to me. Uh, I had a great time speaking to her. And uh, I hope to meet her and the team at some point in the future as well. And I really hope that they make their goal on Kickstarter. The game looks really, really good. It looks really unique. It looks beautiful. And so the links 
to the Kickstarter are included in the show notes. You can check out the Kickstarter, and if you so wish, you can back it. And you can also wishlist it on Steam. The links are also in the show notes. And if you're listening to this in the future and the game is out, you can then buy it on Steam, maybe, if you so wish. Uh, so uh, that is it for this week's episode. Now, this month, next week, rather, Thomas and I, uh, we are going to speak to a big name adventure game developer, narrative game developer. I don't want to reveal yet who it is because it hasn't happened yet. And I don't want to uh, get my chicken for the hat, but he has agreed to speak to us. Uh, we're both very, very excited to speak to him, and we will be uploading the interview as soon as we can. So stick around for that. And um, we will also be back with Laura. Um, we will be reviewing the latest adventure games we've been playing, such as Game Deck and uh, whatever other games we've managed to play in that time as well. Uh, now, uh, you can back us on Patreon if you so wish. This is an independently funded podcast. We pay all the bills ourselves, but um, you can help us out if you so wish. You can go to patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. And as rewards we can give, you'll hear these episodes uh, for at least 24 hours before um, everybody else. You'll also get extras such as um, exclusive spoiler filled discussions. The last the developer I spoke with uh, about his game was the developer of Lake, where he spoke about all the secrets of the game and the endings and what they were intending. Uh, I also spoke with James Dearson about Techno Babylon. You can hear a spoiler for discussion with him. And also, with uh, you can also hear my interviews that I did at Adventure X uh, two years ago. And whenever we do get to go back to these uh, conferences, uh, you can hear my interviews with developers on Patreon there as well. So uh, you can also leave us a review if you so wish. That is free. And uh, that would also really, really help us out. And share this episode on social media, Discord, Twitter, uh, just anywhere as well. That also really helps. So anyway, that is it. Please stick around uh, for the next uh, couple of weeks or so for our interview, hopefully, with this uh, big name developer and uh, for our review. So... Uh, until then, take care, everyone. Goodbye. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or a adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it. And you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com. So until next time, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you.